we're going to go to uh, Isaiah chapter 2 one more time. Isaiah 2 one more time. This is part 5 of the year of the Lord's house. The year of the Lord's house. Okay, everybody have that? Okay, Isaiah 2, verse 1 through 3, reads this way. It says, The word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, read with me. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we will, shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Amen, amen. Lord, thank you tonight for the word we're about to receive. I pray that you'd anoint me afresh to minister the word of God to your people, that you'd anoint these, your people, to receive the word of God, and that, Father, as you speak to us, our ears, our eyes, and our hearts are all open. Lord, to process what you give to us tonight. And I pray, Father, that you would seal the word in our, in our hearts by the spirit of the living God, we pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. amen. And amen. All right. The year of the Lord's house. Thank you, Lord. I'm glad that we're in, in the church. The church of the living God is the single most powerful institution on this planet. Did you hear what I said? The church of the living God. We are the single most powerful institution on this planet. I know that the world has tried to make us feel like we're inferior, inconsequential, uh, uh, non-essential, but they don't know it, and many in the church don't know it, that we are the most powerful institution on this planet. We're the only institution on this planet that has roots in heaven and branches on the earth. In, in the world institutions, they, they build up. The church God built down. Our roots are in heaven. And our branches, the, you're in a branch. You're, you're in a branch. This is the EGCC branch of the church. You understand that? But our roots are in heaven. Our roots are in the word of God. And any branch that doesn't have its roots in the word of God doesn't have its roots in heaven, will be withered and dried up and cut off. That's why we have to make sure and maintain our roots in heaven, in the word of God. That everything we do is based upon the word of God. Amen? So because our roots are in heaven, and because we are the branch on earth, we're the only institution that has power on earth and in heaven. Over in Matthew 16 and verse 18 and 19, Matthew 16, 18, 19, Jesus is talking to Peter, and Peter has told him, you know, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, and Jesus tells him, upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, right? And then he goes on to say, and I give you the keys of the kingdom, right? And whatever you bind, church, church, remember he's talking about the church. I build my church. Whatever you bind on earth, come on shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So you and I as a church are the only ones that have a power in two senses, two, two systems in two realms. Y'all not catching it. The governments of, of our cities and counties and states and the federal governments of, of the, across the world, they have power on earth. 
but no power in heaven. Now, they don't even realize their authority comes from heaven, but because they now take that authority and use it in their own way, they now carry no more authority, no more power in heaven. You got it? Every institution only has power on this earth, but the church, we have power on earth, in the earth, and in heaven. Legislative authority. Whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Now that's some power. I said that's some power. And I think I'm, I'm, I, 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 I figure that most of the churches yet doesn't realize that. E even when the church says it, they don't realize that, that that's real power. That's a legal authority. It's a delegated legal authority that we have. Hallelujah. You can tell by how the church has reacted to a pandemic and all these things that are going on. Hallelujah. My wife was telling me before church, we were preparing tonight, she was telling me about, I guess, the CDC uh, declared uh, that college football games are not super spreaders. Remember how they were telling us the churches we were super spreaders? They declared college football games are not super spreaders because they got to they gotta come and say something because they're looking at these football games and it's 60,000, 80,000, 110,000 people in these stadiums. No mass. Everybody's on each other. I mean, they're just tight, tight, tight. And so now they got, they're coming up saying they're not super spreaders. And I said, well, I wish the church would catch a hold of that. And I thought what the church ought to do is just start renting stadiums on Sundays. Just rent the college football stadium on Sunday. Since college football is on Saturday, just use the stadium on Sunday. Then maybe your people come to church. Because obviously COVID don't affect college football stadiums. <laughs> See, my, but my point in that is the church, many of the church don't realize who we are. So when we don't realize who we are, then we yield to these natural authorities to what they say as if they have more weight, as if they have more power than we have. But they don't. I said they don't. All right? Now, let me, let me, let me show you something here. Um, we're talking about this prophetic season we're in, that every prophecy we've heard is for now and every word we, we will hear is for now, okay? So we're in a season of fulfillment. And the devil's mad about that. That's why we're seeing all the things we're seeing coming against the body of Christ, okay? But in Isaiah 41.10, we've read that now three or four times, where he says, fear not. Why? For I am with you. He says, be not dismayed. Why? Then he says, I will strengthen you. Yes, I will. Then he says, I will with my righteous right hand. So we see right there five, five divine assurances right there in one verse. Five divine assurances. You can take that for yourself. That's five divine assurances. Fear not. Why do I not fear no matter what comes? Well, one, he's with me. Two, he's my God. Three, he will strengthen me. Four, he will help me. And five, he will uphold me. Why should I fear? Why should I be afraid of anything when God, I got all that? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In, in the tech world, they would call it redundancy. Redundancy. You, you, you have backups. Jesus. Am I right about this, Kirkland? You, you got to have backups. 
you, you, you have backups for everything. Well, when God, first, the first assurance God gave us, I'm with you. That, that's, that's good all, all by itself. But he's going to give you some more assurances to back up, all, back up that. I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen? So I have divine assurance tonight. I have divine assurance. We're in the house of God. We have divine assurance tonight. Now, we, we've been, we talked about how we've entered into this year, this time or this era of the Lord's house. Now, that uh, letter I gave you, pay, that's the decade we're in, right? P-E-Y. And I showed you the hidden calf, the hidden yard, and the hidden bet. Bait, rather. It's pronounced bait. And then, but this is 5782, so you have the pay, and then you have the bait next to it, 82, right? So that, remember, the pay has bait hidden in it. But this year, what was hidden is now out in the open. See, this is all calculated by God, strategically planned by God. Nothing is just happening. Everything by God is, is uh, his order. The Bible says that God works all things according to the counsel of his will. He works all things according to the counsel of his will. And so God has, we've come into an era of time where you say, well, it's been, you know, there was 82s before. But there was, there, this is the last 82 of the 6,000. Yes, wow. yes, oh, this is 5782. The time of man is 6,000. I don't know if y'all understand what's going on. We're coming up on, on year 6,000. That's the end of time. See, after 6,000, we end, end into the seventh day or the 7,000s. That's, that's the millennial reign. That's, that's the final Sabbath. See, so this is the last 82 of the 6,000. I don't want to push y'all too far on a Wednesday. That might be for a Saturday morning or something like that. Okay. So this is very significant because we're the end time generation. What happened in 3782, that was great. What happened in 1272 was great. But this is, this is, this is 5882. You got it? All right. 5782 rather. 5782. Y'all correct me on that stuff here. Okay. So... What I said to you was the bait that was once hidden in pay is now in the open. Yes. Now remember, bait is the house. B-E-T, it's the house. So the house that was hidden, God is bringing into the open. Yes. Are y'all seeing that? Yes. Remember I told you God is bringing clean voices to the forefront. Yes. You remember that? Yes. That was 2019. Rosh Hashanah, I told you that. He's bringing clean voices to the forefront. Those who purpose in their hearts to serve God, he's bringing those voices out. And you are those voices. How, not, it's not just pastors and elders and, you know, apostles. It's, it's people of God who you, you desire to serve God. You walk with God. You purpose in your heart, I'm going to serve God. I'm not turning back. You're going to notice you're, you're going to start getting a little more bold and a little more loud in your speaking. A little more vocal about your walk with God. No timidity and no shyness in your walk with God. So be it, Lord. So be it. That the body of Christ gets more vocal about who we serve and whose we are. Why we love him. What he's done in our lives. 
and why other people ought to come and know him for themselves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, so this is that time we're in. This is, a, this is a very, very, very special time that you and I have the privilege of being a part of now. Okay? Now, so Isaiah 2, let's go over there real quick. Isaiah 2. And again, I love how my, my Bible, my heading for chapter 2 is the future house of God. The future house of God. Because what Isaiah saw, remember he says in verse 1, the word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. So what he saw was for us in this generation. Y'all got it? What Isaiah saw then and what, remember I showed you Micah chapter 4? How Michael prophesied almost the exact same words. And this wasn't Michael or Isaiah stealing somebody's prophecy. They didn't have Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube to look up somebody's prophecy and repeat it. They weren't echoes. They were both getting downloads from heaven. They were both seeing the same thing from heaven. And they both spoke it out. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established, right? So what they both saw was for our time for this generation, okay? And I prove to you, Ephesians 2.19, put on the screen for me, please, Ephesians 2.19, that you and I are included in this. In case you have the people tell you that this is just for the Jews in Jerusalem and so forth, Ephesians 2.19 tells us this. It says, now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners. Now this is you who, you Gentiles, you who were called before uncircumcision. You who used to be foreigners, you who used to be aliens, you who used to be strangers. He says, you are no longer strangers, come on, and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of what? I'm a member, not of the church. That's wonderful. More, more importantly, I'm a member of the household of God. It's wonderful to be members of EGZZ or whatever initials people have today and whatever names. But what's more important, in fact, because when you say before God, EGCC don't mean anything. God's not going to say, oh, you are a member of EGCC. Okay, you come on right on in. No, that's, he's not, he's not going to do that. Because <laughs> you have people saying, well, I used to go there. I, I went sometimes. Or I was an E-member or whatever. None of that means anything to God. What he, what he wants to know is, are you a fellow citizen with the saints and a member of the household of God? Not even matter that you're a member of the household of the Andersons. My wife and I have had this conversation with our, our youth, our youth, our children, so often. You don't get in on our coattails. You being an Anderson does not qualify you for heaven. You got to get in on your own salvation. Parents better make sure your, your youth know that, your, your kids know that. They got to know God for themselves. I don't care if your mama is, is, is evangelist so-and-so, your dad is apostle so-and-so, and they've won a million souls to the Lord, and they run an orphanage, and they feed 10,000 kids every week. That means nothing to you in getting into heaven. You must be born again. Okay, I'll leave it alone. You must be born again. That's right. We'll get into, we'll get into that Sunday. Amen. Sunday, 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 Sunday. So we're members of 
the household of God. All right, Isaiah 2, verse 2. This is where our focus here. Because he says something here. He says, now it shall come to pass in the latter days. When? Latter days. Latter days. That's these last days that we're living in and now. That the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains. So we see that the first thing he says is, is that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established. Everybody say established. established. That word established is the Hebrew word uh, kon, which means to be set up, to be established, to be fixed, to be set up. So God is setting us up on top. Y'all see that? Now, just this is a review. I've already taught this, so just follow on with me. That word established, we, I showed that to you over in, in Psalm number 103, Psalm 103 verse 19, when it says that the Lord has established his throne in heaven, and watch this next part, and his kingdom, come on. So his, he's established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom, his kingdom. Now, his kingdom is what you and I are part of. And it says his kingdom, which we're a part of, which we are kings and priests in his kingdom, which we are part of the royal priesthood in his kingdom, which we are the princes that he is prince over, Daniel 8, 25. We're the lords that he's lord over. We're the, we're the, we're the uh, kings that he's king over, right? Then if we're part of that kingdom, then we are supposed to be ruling over all in that kingdom. And what's happening is because the body of Christ has not operated in that, we've let the world rule over us. Y'all ain't saying much. We've let all the other mountains rule over us. Mountain of business, mountain of education, mountain of, of, of medicine, as, as Dad Durba taught this, this year. The, the uh, mountains of religion, all these other all, uh, mountains that are out there, arts and entertainment, media, and so forth. We've let them rule over us. But the Bible says that his kingdom rules over all. And the time for the world ruler of the church is over. I'll come on this side, see if y'all heard me. They heard me, y'all didn't hear me. The time for the world ruling over the church is over. The time of them pushing us around, telling us what we're going to do, where we're going to go, what we can have, when we can meet, what we can say, you, well, you can't talk about that. We're going to take your tax exempt status if you talk about that. You can't get involved in that. We need separation of church and state. Shut up. You're not in charge. We're in charge. His kingdom, come on, y'all, help me out. His kingdom rules over all. We don't, we don't get ruled, ruled by all. We rule over all. It's time for us to rule and reign as kings. No, time out for them telling us what we're going to do. Hallelujah. Praise God. So that time is over, all right? So we can't let, let any individuals, we can't let any, any institutions push us around. Okay? Now, let's go back to Isaiah 2 and 2. Glory to God. Because we're going to be established on the top of the mountains. Somebody asked me the other day, are those, those mountains what they call the mountains of influence? Yes. Yes. Because you're not talking about a literal mountain that's going to be picked up and moved above. Although we could do that. Mark 11, 23. We could do that. 
but he's talking about here the mountain of God's house, Mount Zion. The church of the living God. We're going to be established on top, the top of the mountain. That word top is the Hebrew, comes from the Hebrew word rosh. Like we just had rosh hashanah. The phrase rosh hashanah means head or top of the year. Hashanah is year. So rosh is top here. So we're going to be established on top. That it means it means uh, top. It means head. It means chief. It means summit. It means highest part. That's where God's taking us. Hallelujah. I might need a little more enthusiasm for y'all. I don't know. Hallelujah. Because, I mean, I'm talking about you. Talking about where God is taking you. In the body. In the kingdom. The church. I mean, we've been so used to swinging old sweet chariot, come to take care of me home. Mindset. Meaning the church is sitting there trying to survive till Jesus comes. You're just going to hold on to Jesus come. No, that's not what God called us to do. And what? Put, put it on the screen for me, please. I'm going to help somebody here. Luke 19, 13. No, put, put up Luke uh, 19, uh, 12. Luke 19, 12. No, matter of fact, let's start at verse 11. Let's start at verse 11. Let's start at verse 11 because I, I want you to see something because how, how we get into this. Look, look at verse 11. Now, as they heard these things, he spoke of the parable. Why? Because he was near Jerusalem, because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. So they're questioning, they're thinking, okay, the kingdom is going to appear now. Now, now let's see what, what, what he goes on to say. Verse 12. Therefore, he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country. Jesus is talking about himself. There's a parable about him. He went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to... So he went away to receive a kingdom and to return. Now, when he goes away to, to receive this kingdom deed, he says, I'm coming back. Now, look at verse 13. So he called 10 of his servants, that would be us, delivered to them 10 minas. That's money in, in that story, but it's resources. And said to them, do business till I come. King James uses a different word. King James says, occupy till I come. It's a war term. When, when, a, when a nation goes in with their army and they occupy territory, that's what everybody talks about. You know, they, America occupying the lands and people. They, they, what they do, they go and they take over a land. <laughs> that ain't right. Jesus told us to do that here on earth. We're not here to take sides. We're here to take over. We're here to occupy. We're here to take over this. Remember, it goes back to the original command in Genesis 1. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over it. Genesis 1.28. Subdue it and have dominion over it. So that, that's Luke 19, 13. So we're not here just to go, I'm going to work. You ain't here just to go to work. 
You ain't here just to go to school. I'm going to go to work 30 years and I'm going to retire. You ain't here to go to work and retire for 30 years and sit on the dock of the bay watching the clouds roll away. Wasting time. You don't have time to waste because the king said, I'm returning. Matter of fact, put up, put, put verse 14 up. Put verse 14 up. Verse 14. We will not have this, this man reign over us. Notice what he's telling them to do. Their job was they're supposed to go reign over people. Okay, let, let me get out of here. Let me get out of here. I'm, I'm not getting anywhere pretty on that. Okay. Are, are y'all getting what I'm saying to you tonight? That we're here to reign. Rule and reign. Have dominion. I'm not talking about dominating people. I'm talking about dominating systems. See, we're the ones with all the answers. Countries are in trouble. Little small countries and big countries, they're all in trouble. We're the ones with the answers. But if all we do is going to work and coming home, going to work, coming home, and turning on Netflix, we ain't going to reign like that. I mean, we're called to do more than just go to church. I said we're called to do more than just go to church. We're called to rule and reign. Okay, let me get back on point here. Okay, so we're not supposed to be pushed around by anybody, okay? So then Isaiah 2, 2, he says we'll be uh, established on the top of the mountains. Then he says, and shall be exalted above the hills. That word exalted, I gave you that word, Hebrew word, nasa which means to lift, to bear up, to carry, or to take. Notice, take us where? Above. Above. So God is taking us, or he's repositioning the church above. Okay? In other words, he, he, he recognizes this is not the current state of the church. Can y'all recognize that? This is not our current state. But this is where we're going. Now, if we... If, <laughs> Well, I almost said if we could have gotten the revelation, we probably could have been there by now, but there's a timing to it. There's a timing to it. And it's time now. I said it's time now. So he's repositioning us above the hills. Above the hills. Now, I, I, didn't, I didn't write this down. I'll uh, include this in the notes, but when I studied that word heals out, one of the definitions that, that the Strongs gave for heals is a place for pagan worship. A place for idol worship. So what, if you take it in that context, it's saying that, that we who serve the only true and living God will be exalted above all those who are in pagan worship, yes. idol worship. Yes. Because their religion fails. Time and time again. But we serve the true and living God. Amen? All right, now, so notice he's exalting us above the hills. Everybody say above the hills. Remember I showed you in Ecclesiastes the other day, chapter 10 I think it was, about how the servants are on the horses and the princes are walking, and that's wrong, and God's got to flip everything over. Can I show you one more place here to turn that? Look at the book of Lamentations. Lamentations. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations. 
Y'all got it? Okay. I figured somebody might need a little help with that. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations. In chapter 5, Lamentations chapter 5, let me know you get there by saying hallelujah. Okay, the top of my Bible, of my, this section says prayer of restoration. Prayer of restoration. Now, remember, Jesus Christ must be received up in the heavens, over in Acts 3, says he must be received up in the heavens until the time of restoration of all things. Is that right? That's what Peter was preaching. Jesus must be received in the heaven. This is the day of Pentecost. Everybody got, you know, filled with the Holy Ghost, and people want to hear what this is all about. And he began preaching, and he began to hit that, that part. He said, and Jesus Christ, who, it says, whom heaven must receive until the time of restoration or restitution of all things. King James used the word restitution. Okay? So here is a prayer for restoration. And you'll see why the restoration needs to take place. Because what's taking place, what we've been seeing, is not the will of God for the church. Okay, y'all hang on here, okay? Verse 1, here's the prayer. Remember, O Lord, what has come upon us. Look and behold our reproach. Church is a reproach in the earth. You know why? One, the church broke. Two, the church sick. Three, the church has scandals. Four, the church closed. That's four, five, six, and seven. See, so the churches have been reproached because there's so much scandalous things in the church. No, no reverence or respect for the church. No reverence or respect for men of God because there's been so much mess. You know, that was a good word. Somebody said mess. So it says, look, behold our approach. Verse 2. Verse 2. Can you read? Y'all sit. Put your eyes on it. He says, our inheritance. Who is I'm talking to tonight? I'm going to ask that. I'm going to ask that with bad English. Who is I'm talking to? inheritance see you and I have an inheritance what God promised Abraham and Isaac and Jacob that's our inheritance and he says our inheritance don't read ahead of me y'all stay with me our inheritance has been turned over to aliens we're not aliens anymore we're not strangers this, this means that what belongs rightfully to the house of God, the aliens have. This is not talking about Martians and people from outer space. It's talking about people who are outside the covenant of Almighty God. That world system, that's exactly right. Our inheritance has been turned over to hate the aliens and our houses to foreigners. Somebody say, tell your neighbor, that ain't right. Other folk have our stuff. Oh, I'm going to sit down on y'all, man. I'm going to sit down. I said, other folk have our stuff. Other folk have our stuff. They have our inheritance and they have our houses. Our houses. Did God not tell the children of Israel? He said, I searched the whole earth and I found the best land for you. 
Do you understand it was God's will for you to live in the best land, the best house, the best of everything? But our houses are currently occupied by, by foreigners. Boy, I wish y'all would get this here. <laughs> oh, Lord, may they get it tonight. And open our eyes, we may see. Our inheritance has been turned over. The 13th chapter of Proverbs, I think it's verse 22, the Bible says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Is God good? Yes. Did he leave an inheritance for us? Yes. But where is it? It's been turned over to aliens. And our houses, implied, have been turned over to foreigners. Y'all better catch this here, y'all. Foreigners are living in your house. Foreigners on your land. Foreigners are occupying what the church should be occupying. That was their whole intent. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Verse 3. We have become orphans and waifs. What's a waif, pastor? It's a homeless or indigent person. Homeless. Serving God and homeless. Walking with Jesus and homeless. Praying in tongues and homeless. Reading your Bible and homeless. Going to church and homeless. Our mothers are like widows. Look at this, 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 look at this. Okay, hold on, look at me, look at me. How many of y'all know Psalm 24? Verse 1. The, watch this. The earth is, the earth is, the earth is, and the fullness thereof. That means everything in this earth is the Lord's. Chris, then who in the world has a right to what is the Lord's? But what? Lamentations 5 verse 4. We pay for the water we drink. caught it yet. We pay for the water we drink. Y'all, you're not getting it. What he's saying is, that's my father's water. I better come over here. I'm going to find somebody. I'm going to find somebody. That's my father's water. Why in the world are we paying for water that, I, that we already own? You know what? I'm, I'm going to go find somebody here, Lord. Why are we paying for water that we own? Well, that's the system. 
because we let it be that way. Because we let them rule over us. You mean to tell me God can't give you your own land? Well, you can pull up your own water. We pay for the water. We, he, remember, this is a prayer of restoration. He's not saying, you know, we thank God we can afford to pay for it. He said we shouldn't be paying for the water we drink. Because that's already our water. That's like paying, paying ATM fees. <laughs> Buying your money out the bank. That don't make no sense. You got to buy your own money out the bank. Convenience fees and fees for your own money. I got to pay you to get my money? Is anybody having a light come on for you? Please tell me, please tell me. We, he said, and our wood comes at a price. Our wood. He said, wait a minute. The earth is the Lord and the foot is thereof. All that wood belongs to my daddy. How come we got to pay for wood to build a house? Understand, if you're not a woodsman and you don't know how to chop a tree down and 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 mill it to get two by fours, you got you gonna pay somebody to do that. But what they're charging? Now don't 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 get caught up on 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 water and wood. My point is. What he's saying is, this is our inheritance. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But what happened is, we've turned it over to the aliens, to the foreigners, and they run stuff. You mean, you mean, you, Pastor, you're saying that it don't have to be that way? Ask Brother Copeland. Brother Copeland, King of Copeland Ministries, they're, they're sitting on 1,500 acres of prime real estate that the Lord gave them. They don't owe anybody a dime for it. 1,500 acres of prime real estate. And they have wells out there that they get their own water. They don't pay the city for anything. They get their own water. <laughs> and they sell water back to their city. I saw a clap over here. I'm going to come on this side. So because they have their own water, they, God gave one of the staff members years ago the wisdom on how to build a, a, an electrical plant, an electrical plant that runs off the water that comes out of the ground. Well, he got that big old plane. He ain't buying gas because there's gas in the ground. They're pulling gas out of the ground. So don't tell me it can't happen. <laughs> this ain't right. This ain't right. And if the body of Christ will get a revelation, God's going to take what's wrong and make it right. Exalted above the hills. See, as long as the hills are over us, then we got to pay them for everything. 
They ain't supposed to be that way. They're supposed to be paying us for everything. Boy, yeah. Uh, somebody grab a hold of it. It might, might be the marble. Somebody grab a hold of this. Okay, let me, where am I? Verse 4. I lost my place. What book are we in? Lamentations? I'm praying for you right now. I'm praying that your eyes and your heart be open to receive what God says. That you don't, you don't have just a job mentality. And you don't live with a renter's mentality your whole life. You begin to get an owner dominion mentality in your life. We pay for the water we drink. And our wood comes at a price. They pursue at our heels. They pursue at our heels. One place says next. We labor and have no rest. Been a hard day's night. Been working like a dog. Working nine to five. What a way to make a living. Wow, all you can, so you can just pay for water and pay for, pay for your house. All the wood for your house. Boy, 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 boy. Who, who gets this? Who gets what I'm saying to you? Okay, I just want to know. I want to make sure I'm not wasting my breath. Verse 6. Verse 6. I could write in, through debt, we have given our hand to the Egyptians and the Assyrians all just so we can be satisfied with bread. Egyptians are the limiters. Assyrians are the plunderers. We were taught that years ago. Egyptians, that word literally means limiters. Assyrians literally means plunderers. We've given our hand to them. We've shaken hand with them. I'll pay it. I'll pay it. Here we are begging the world for bread and water, and wood. Wood is housing. Everybody, everybody complaining. You see, the, you see the cost of rent today? You see the cost of rent in St. Pete? Stuff getting too expensive. No, it's not. You're just getting too poor. mad at me. Listen to what I'm saying to you tonight. You see how, how expensive gas is? Well, what you gonna do? <laughs> what you gonna do? Just fill it up. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You supply all my needs. You see how much how much bread is and how much milk is and how much cheese and eggs is? Oh, wow. Well, what you going to do? You going to fast the next 40 years? No, you're going to eat just, unless you get some chickens in your backyard, just go on to Publix and you can do that. You know you can do that here in St. Pete. You can get some, some chickens. Apparently you can get goats and everything else too, right? Sister Gloria, it's, it's goats next door to you, aren't there? Some, oh, that guy like a whole farm, urban farm next to you. Hear them things in the, in the morning. Now, I ain't gonna lie, I've had some fresh eggs from 
the chickens, boy, that, it's a different egg. I ain't gonna lie, it's a different egg. That's way long better. Them Publix eggs, boy, fresh eggs, that's a whole different ball game. Any of y'all country folk know what I'm talking about? Look at, look at verse 7. Let's, let's see how this all got this way. How do we get this way? How do we end up like this? Our father sinned and are no more, but we bear their iniquities. We're the one got to deal with the consequences of all their sin. God didn't mean for it to be like this. God didn't mean for the world to be on top and the church to be on the bottom. God didn't mean for the sinner, for the heathen to be on top and for the children of God to be on the bottom. That's not what God meant. He didn't mean for us to be the borrowers and them being the lenders. That's not what he meant, but what happened? How, how do we get here? Our father's sin. Now don't look at your dad. I'm talking about fathers. I'm talking about forefathers. They sinned. They got away from God's system, from God's plan, God's directives. But we bear their iniquities. We're the ones got to deal with it. That's why we buy water. Look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. Can you read? Servants rule over us. Now that's a shame. One of the translations I think is that either the Passion or the CV says, says like this. Those who were once our servants now rule over us. Because that, that's what was happening. Because the way God set it up was that his people were the ones in rulership. His people were the, were the ones on top. But sin flipped the script. Oh, man. All right, let's, let me finish verse 8. Okay. Servants rule over us, and then it says, there is none to deliver us from their hand. This is why they're praying for restoration. What is, when he says none, none to deliver us, talking about there's no help from man. Verse 9, we get our bread at the risk of our lives because of the sword in the wilderness. That's, that's, that's good, Chris. That's not right. Somebody tell your neighbor that's not right. That's not right. God's people to be sitting on, waiting on a check from the government. That's not right. We serve almighty God. Now, I'm not picking on anybody for that because everybody got, we passed through certain levels. You understand that? What I'm saying is, you got to come to realization, that's not right. And I'm not staying here. Okay, I'll come on this side. That's not right, and I'm not staying here. I want to be able to boldly say, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, say it. Thank you, Jesus. So notice is a prayer of restoration. And let me, let me read that scripture for us in Acts 3, just to put our eyes on it. You don't have to turn to it. I'll turn there. They can put it on the screen for us. Acts 3, where 
Peter talks about the restoration of all things. Verse 20 and 21. Matter of fact, I'm starting at verse 19. Acts 3.19. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. So that, notice what happens when they, when they repent from their sins. What happens? Remember they, they said we can't get no rest. We're tired, can't get no rest. But when we repent, come on church, when we repent, when we get things right with God, times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before. Verse 21, whom heaven must receive until the times, times, times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets. How long? Since the world began. So since the world began, he'd been talking about this times of restoration. We have entered, ladies and gentlemen, the times of restoration of all things. That means there's coming a day you ain't going to buy your wood and buy your water and have the struggle to get bread. We're, we're in the season of fulfillment and the season of acceleration. And every prophetic word we ever heard is for now, and every word we'll hear from now on is, is for now. It's a season of acceleration, a season of fulfillment, and God is moving, not going to move. God is moving when? Right now. We have entered into the times of restoration. All right? Now, now let's close this thing here. So then what must we do? In this year of the Lord's house, in this era of the Lord's house, it's very simple. Y'all ready? Yes. This is going to be so deep. This is going to be so deep, but simple. You ready? Yes, Stay in the house. That went over somebody's head. Because you think, oh, there's a bunch of stuff I got to do. No, 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 no. Remember, God's going to achieve some things. When he says it's time, baby, then it's time. What you got to do is stay in the house. Why? Because, see, the devil knows this prophecy. <laughs> and he knows that he... Remember what we read in Matthew 16, 18. Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So the devil knows he cannot beat the church. The devil knows from Genesis 3.15 that he might bruise the hill but the heel is going to bruise his head. He knows from Revelation 12, 12, his time is short. He knows it. And he knows he cannot destroy the house of God. So what his strategy then must be, D, is if I know I can't destroy the house, 
is to entice people to get out of the house. Come on. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. Now, if you know there's a lion lurking in the neighborhood, you don't walk the streets, you don't play football, you don't run, play freeze tag and hide and go seek. You get back in the house. Because that's where you're safe, in the house. And the devil's looking for who he can devour. So he knows he can't whip the house. He knows, hallelujah, he can huff and he can puff, but he can't blow this house down. This house has been, been, been built on a solid foundation. The Bible says the foundation of the Lord stands sure. So he knows he can't whip the house. So he has to pull people out of the house to devour them. This time will not come except there be a falling away. That's why we have people giving heed to seducing spirits. Doctors of demons, what are they doing? They're enticing people. Come out of the house. How do I do it? I don't just tell you Jesus Christ is not the son of God. I'll mix in a little bit of lie with your truth. I'll give you 5% lie and 95% truth. And the more I get you, I'll begin to increase it to 10% lie, 90% truth. Then I give you 20% lie and 80% truth. Before you know it, it's 80% lie, 20% truth. Oh, that's right, still a little. No, 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 no. Before you know it, it's all a lie. Because he's the father of lies. So he has to pull people out of the house. So what I need to do then is make sure I stay in the house. There are times my wife and I, as our, as our children begin to get a little older, there are times we had to leave and, you know, we, we, we just had to leave, leave the house sometimes. And we just, okay, we're going to leave you in the house, lock the door, don't open the door for anybody. One of the safest places you can be is inside a, a locked house. Don't answer, that's what we tell them, don't answer the phone. I don't care if, I don't care if, I don't care if it's the police. Don't open my door for the police. Stay in the house. We're safe. There's food in the house. The AC is running in the house. Everything you need is in the house. So what God's telling us right now that if you want to be part of this time of restoration, if you want to be part of this time of restitution, you must do your absolute best to stay in the house. Look at Psalm 92 real quick. I got about eight minutes. Let's, let's wrap this up. Psalm 92. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I'm staying in the house. I'm staying in the 
I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> the devil will try you. He'll get all kind of strife. All kind of feelings where you think somebody picking on you and somebody talking about you and everything. Get your soul all out of whack. Nobody picking on you. That's the devil picking at you. He, he's trying to pick you off is what he's doing. You're picking on me. No, he's picking at you. He knows if he can get you out of the house, you're a sitting duck. And, and please understand, when I say out of the house, I don't just mean out of this church. Because what, the devil getting people out of this church is, is that's, that's, that's just first step. Because it won't be long before they disconnect it from, the, from God. Oh, no, I know somebody. No, they left 10 years ago. They're still walking with God. Ask them where they serve. Did you hear what I said? Ask them where they serve. I didn't say ask them what church they go to. I said ask them where they serve. That's the question. Where do you serve? People all talking about church they go to. No, 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 no. No, where do you serve? This, this just came to me, Deke, because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a rapper. If you ain't serving, you swerving. Psalm 92. Diddly, 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 diddly. Come on now. Okay, Psalm 92, verse 5. Oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord. That's our brother Kenneth Hagin said that. That prophecy, remember we listened to that prophecy last? Oh Lord, oh Lord. <laughs> I love Brother Hagin, boy, I tell you. Oh Lord, how great are your works. Your thoughts are very deep. A senseless man does not know, nor does a fool understand this. Watch verse 7. When the wicked spring up like grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do what? Flourish. Flourish. It is that, or it is so that, they may be destroyed. destroyed forever. So don't look on them with envy and jealousy when you see the wicked and the envious. Psalm 37. Right? Don't be envious of the workers of iniquity. Fret not thyself. Because it is that they may be destroyed forever. So in other words, they're, they're, they come up for a minute. They doing good. They on top. They selling us our own water. Verse 8. But you, Lord, are on high forevermore. For behold your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall do what? Perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be what? Perish. But my horn, my strength, my forces, my honor, you have exalted like what? I have been anointed with what? 
fresh oil. My eye also has seen my desire on my enemies, and my, my ears hear my desire on the wicked who rise up against me. Now watch verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Shall. Now notice when you read verse 8 through 11, you're talking about past tense and present tense stuff. But verse 11 is talking about shall. In other words, God's about to flip this thing over. But the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted, come on, in the house of the Lord shall what? Flourish in the courts of our God. Somebody say, I'm a house plant. When you're planted in the house, it says, you shall flourish. Now, remember what we just read back in verse, verse, um, oh, oh, where was that? Verse 7, that the wickers of iniquity flourish. See? They've been flourishing. Y'all know what flourishing means, right? It means you, okay. So they've been flourishing. But down in verse 12, it says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. <laughs> they spring up. Now, at verse 7, the wicked spring up like grass. That's short-lived. But the righteous flourish like a palm tree. Y'all like palm trees? Here in Florida? We got some palm trees across the street from me in my neighborhood. And these palm trees, they look like they got to be 100 feet tall. They're not 100 feet tall, but they look like they're 100 feet tall. And you see these winds come, boy, these hurricanes or no-name storms, whatever we get these storms. Those things sway and they bend, but they don't. I'm like, man, that's going to come down. It don't go nowhere. Why? Because when they're, those palm trees, they send some roots down. As tall as that tree is, it sends roots deep. When you are in the house of God, when you are planted, you get rooted and grounded and settled in the word of God, in the spirit of God, in the kingdom of God. So that means no matter what comes along in his life, you, won't be, you will not be moved. We used to sing that song growing up, I shall not, I shall not be moved like a tree planted by the waters. I shall not be moved. He should be like a, like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish where? In the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. Still bear fruit in old age. That means the ones who are not like this will stop bearing fruit in their old age. But they shall still bear fruit. You'll still be producing in your old age. And I don't mean you got to keep having children. I'm talking about you shall still be productive. And the church said amen. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Y'all got it? Look at Psalm 84. Look at Psalm 84. Hallelujah. Oh boy, that clock is moving. Psalm 84. Verse 1. So tell your neighbor, stay in the house now. How lovely, verse 1, is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. How lovely is your tabernacle? My soul longs, yes, even faints, for the what? 
courts of the Lord, and my heart and my flesh cry for the living God. Even the sparrow has a home, or has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who do what? Dwell in your house. They will still. Notice it didn't say they will be praising you. It says they will still be praising you. Why would he imply, why would he say you, they'll still be praising you? It, it's because they're going to have some things, some conditions, some situations that are going to challenge people's praise. In the world, they're not praising God already. And those who've been uh, plucked up out of the house, you renew your mind backwards. You know how we're transformed by the renewing of our minds? When you get plucked out, you start renewing your mind backwards. You start, start resorting back to those things that you had come out of, those ways you had come out of, those habits you had come out of, those thoughts you had come out of, those mindsets you had come out of, and now you start going back. And so now when all hell breaks loose, you're not praising, you're worrying. You're not praising, you're crying. But those who dwell in your house, they will still be praising you. Oh, my goodness. Are you still praising? Have y'all been through anything and you're still praising? Have you seen some rough waters in your life and you're still praising God? Where would you have been if you had not been planted in the house of God? By now, you might have lost your mind. But because you're planted, you're still praising him. Verse 10. Verse 10, for a day in your courts. For a day in your courts. Remember in Psalm 92, we talked about the courts, right? Flourishing in its courts. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere, we can imply. I would rather be a doorkeeper watching the door in the and glory. I got an echo. The Lord God is the sun and shield. The Lord will give what? Grace and glory, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk up rightly. All right. So we're going to stay in the house. All right. So when you and I stay in the house, we're going to flourish. We're going to be in old age still producing. We're going to still be praising God, enjoying life when all the mess happens out here. Okay? Now, there's a result that we get from that. Let's read one last verse. Go back to Isaiah 2. Isaiah 2. Verse 2. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountains of the Lord's house shall be, exalt, shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. And watch what we see here. When we are established and exalted, and all nations shall flow to it. Don't get focused on the falling away. Get focused on the coming too. See, if you get focused on the falling away, you'll start accepting, well, the people are just going to fall away. They're just going to fall away. Now, that's true. People are falling away. They are. But when his house is established and exalted, he didn't say they're going to fall away. He didn't even mention that. 
Now, it's happening at the same time. But what he mentions is, and all nations shall flow to it. Verse 3, many people. Can y'all see the gospel of Jesus Christ going forward? Can you see the body of Christ growing by leaps and bounds? Shall come and say, come and let us go down. Go over. Oh, go up. <laughs> to the mountain of the Lord. To the house of the God of Jacob. Why? He will teach us his ways. Now, why would they want to know his ways all of a sudden? Because his ways are the only thing that's working. Their systems have failed. Their ways have, fa have failed. So they're going to say he'll teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion, the church, shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So we need to get ready for the masses to come. Because when they see God's hand on the church, on the kingdom, they're going to start coming in by the busload. Y'all didn't get, even get excited about that. I said when they start seeing the hand of God on your life and on the body of Christ, they're going to start coming in by the busload. When all their stuff is failed out there, they're going to start coming in by the busload. Now, isn't that what we want to see, right? But he needs people in his last days to stay planted in this house. Don't be in and out. Stay planted. Walk with God. Don't, don't, don't do anything different. Just walk with God. Stay with him. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, give God a praise if you receive that tonight. Come on, get on your feet and give God a praise and let him know you receive that and you're part of his plan. You're part of his plan. You're in on his plan. You're in agreement with God's plan for your life. You're in agreement with God's plan for the church, in agreement with God's plan for Zion, for the kingdom of God. We agree with you, Lord. Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on. Receive that. Receive that. Receive that tonight. Just accept that. I agree with that tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let this mean something to you. Let this mean something to you. Don't just take this as another one of pastor's sermons. I've been speaking to you prophetically in these last five messages. Grab a hold of it. Because you're included. If you don't grab a hold of it and don't let the prophetic word grab a hold of your heart, then what will happen is you'll exclude yourself from it. And you miss it. And God, he doesn't want us to miss it. The Bible says we shall be willing in the day of his power. God needs to use every one of us for his glory. In the book of Zechariah, it says, it prophesies about these same latter days. It says, and ten men from every nation will grab a hold of one Jew and say, let us go with you for we see 
that God is with you. That means that what God does in your life and through your life will be so compelling that you and I, every one of us ought to grab at least 10 when we leave it up out of here. At least 10. Who you're not going to have to try to convince them like, you know, do you know Jesus loves you and God? No, they're going to grab a hold of you. <laughs> How easy can evangelism be when they grab a hold of you? <laughs> when they come running and say, tell me about your God. You can say, Jesus changed my life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Lord God, tonight we thank you for the word that we've received. Thank you, Lord, for the prophetic declarations, the prophetic impartation that we've received in these last five messages. Father, thank you, Lord. This is the year of the Lord's house that we're part of and glad to be a part of your house, that we're your people and we are members of your own household. Thank you, Father, tonight that we're protected, we're preserved, we're safe, we're prosperous, we're kept in the house. And according to your word, we'll flourish in your house. God, we agree with the psalmist in Psalm 27 when he said, one thing have I desired of you, and that will we seek, that we may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our lives, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in your holy temple. For in the time of trouble, you shall hide us in your pavilion. In the time of trouble, you will hide us. And God, we see trouble all around. We see trouble increasing all around. But thank you, Father, that you are hiding us in your pavilion. In the secret place of your tabernacle, you are hiding us. Father God, tonight I pray for each person in this room and those who've been watching online tonight and those who are watching the future that God, that every one of us grabs a hold of this word and makes it our word and it allows the word to grab hold of our hearts. We allow the word to consume us and that God, we will, we will be so determined to, to, to stay planted in the house of the Lord that nothing can sway us, pull us out. No seducing spirits, no doctrines of demons, no ill feelings, no, no misplaced thoughts and ideas, but God will stay planted in, the, in your house and be useful. Vessels of honor, not unto dishonor, vessels of honor meet for the master's use. I speak blessing and favor upon your people. Concerning this word, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Put those hands together and give God a great praise tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I pray you've been blessed by the word of God as we've received over the last couple of weeks concerning this year of the Lord's house. And uh, God is um, moving right now by his spirit. He's moving right now. I've, I've made a conscious effort in my daily speech to stop saying God's going to. 
just every day as I'm talking, as I'm thinking, even as I'm praying, I'm, I'm very conscious about not saying what God's going to do, but declaring what God is doing right now. He's moving right now. He's moving right now. No need to wait. He's moving right now. He's touching and healing and delivering and saving people right now. So let's get in on what God's doing right now. Jesus says, don't say there yet four months of the harvest. He said, look all around you. The field is already white for harvest right now. There are people right, right there in your circle of influence. People are right around, right around you who are, they're ready. They're primed for the picking. Amen. Because God is moving right now. Amen. Praise God. We're getting ready to go and be dismissed. Again, thank y'all for coming and being a part of the service tonight. I pray God's blessings uh, are just tremendous in your life.